Central. This is Tech Radio. All things computers, gadgets and web happening right now in Ireland. Hear us anytime on iTunes or download from techcentral.ie. Central. How are you doing? This is Dusty Rhodes and welcome to Tech Radio, the number one Irish tech podcast since 2006 with the latest in tech from around Ireland and across the world. We're on air with RTE and online via your favourite podcasting app, be that Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, Google Podcasts, of course. Uh, we also keep you up to date with all things tech uh, every single day with hourly updates and daily newsletters, which you can grab for free on our website at techcentral.ie. This is show number 816. My goodness. And as always, our editor-in-chief, Niall Kitson, is joining us on the line. The lockdown line, I should call it, Niall, huh? The, yeah, not the live line. <laughs> live line. It's the lockdown line. It's, like it's it. the lockdown line. Ta-da. So listen, uh, we, we have much to talk about uh, because we've got a, a new MacBook uh, in, in the world. And you've also kind of a, a little bit of experience on buying whatever it is uh, yourself. Um, which we, we talk about later on the show. But first, uh, Microsoft has put a hold, uh, which kind of shocked us this week. What's that story? Yeah. Now, I mean, you should be more shocked than me about this because I think you were much more taken with this product than I was. Um, apparently, Microsoft has said the time isn't quite right for the Surface Neo and uh, they're putting a hold on it, but they're not saying until when, uh, which is kind of disappointing, oh. I think, because the Surface Neo is their you know, short version. It's their uh, dual screen tablet device. It's also the flagship of their Windows 10X operating system, which to simplify is just to say it's their equivalent of iOS. Mm-hmm. Possibly a little bit unfair to say that, seeing as it's it's being specifically touted for sort of tablets and you know devices of that sort of iPad level, uh, if you will. So maybe a bit simplistic to say so, say so, but you get the you get the general idea. And I remember you were very taken with this uh, with the Surface Neo when it was unveiled last year. I think it was one of those things where I was getting annoyed because I want to get my hands on it now. And they were going, mm. ah, no, <laughs> 12 to 18 yeah. months, Dusty. Yeah. Uh, and well, yeah. So listen, what do you think this means for uh, for dual screen devices? Uh, well, it's, it, it, it's not a fantastic show of confidence, is it? Um, I mean, uh, one would but that's, that's that. what I'm trying to, I'm, I'm trying to get that in, in my head because it's their flagship in, in one hand, but in another, it's like, mm, are they rethinking? It's a flagship that hasn't hit the market yet, and they've already tried this before with uh, the Courier. Do you remember the Courier years ago? Oh, my God. Uh, I, I, remind me of it. And I know when you remind me of it, I'll know exactly what it is. What was it? Yeah, this is this is sort of Zoom era stuff. Windows, Microsoft really had a few duds uh, towards the, the, the back end of the noughties. They had <laughs> the Kin which was their social network focused uh, smartphone, which uh, mm. lasted a month on the market. They they had the Zune and we all know how that turned out. And yeah. we had the Courier. And I'm not even sure this went to market in the States. And it basically was a dual screen tablet uh, with, a, with a pen input, if memory serves. So this isn't a new idea. Uh, but then the Surface Neo mm. came along and we all went, ooh, that's quite interesting. Yeah, they did have an interesting take on it, all right, that's for sure. And uh, it was just, I think, perhaps it was the sophistication of the OS that it it did look like iOS Mm. times two. 
that it had that the, the sort of the greater screen space of a two and one that you mm. can it looked convincing as a device and Microsoft were like, this is what the future is going to look like. Now we're, we're showing you now because we're so excited about it, but this really isn't going to be hitting the shelves till, you know, Christmas season, uh, 2020. Uh, so we were all like, fine, we can live with that. Um, it's great to see. And now it's not even going to happen until then. All After right. Then. Now I think, I, I think we're kind of getting into, are, are we, are we getting into conspiracy theory kind of talk where it's like they released it and then it took so long to get to the market and then they decided to put it on hold and we're kind of thinking, ah, that's because it's a complete flop. Or could it be that it's an amazing success in-house and Microsoft are actually putting it on hold because nobody can get to a store to buy this darn thing? Uh, I don't know. I would take two different uh, views on this. Hmm. Um, and, based largely on the assumption that the stores will be open by the time this thing was going to come to market anyway. So um, we'll say they were going to release it in October, for example. They said the mm. third quarter, let's say October, uh, which I think would be fairly conservative. Um, all the businesses are going to be back by then. Uh, all the retailers are going to be back by then. We're, we're looking at, what, mid-August by the time all the restrictions are, if not quite totally lifted then at least on, yep. on the way to being phased out. So unless something really horrible happens in the back end of this year, I think uh, an October release wouldn't be unreasonable. So, um, yeah, I'm not sure that stacks up as a reason not to release it uh, unless mm. Microsoft are thinking, OK, look, it's going to be a very lean Christmas and we have a premium device that we want to release to market. Not a good time for a premium device. I guess there's some logic in that. Not every company believes that. And we can get onto that later. Um, mm. However, I would also look to Windows 10 X, uh, which is the dual screen specific operating system. Um, and I think there could be some issues there because uh, we all know how well different versions of Windows plays in the world. <laughs> I mean, do, do you remember the um, uh, the first generation Surface tablets? Not the Surface Pro, but just the, the Surface that used uh, Windows on ARM. Do you remember yeah. how well that turned out? Yeah. Uh, do you, have you ever used Windows 10 S? Yeah, no, I haven't, but I just don't like it. <laughs> have you ever used the tablet mode on your on your Windows 10 install? Uh, no, I haven't. Only when I'm looking in stores. And again, it's kind of it just feels weird. Yeah, yeah. I, people just like one version of Windows, a desktop version. That's it. I think that's all people and expect. Yeah, yeah, but and to be fair, you know, kind of, I think Windows 10 is a good-looking, effective, um, and and a good all-round operating system. And I'm saying that because I'm old enough to remember Windows 3.1.1 and the nightmare that that was, or Windows 95, and that came out first, and the blue screen of death, and all that kind of stuff. Bah, 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 bah. So I think, yeah, you're right. On, on, on a computer, or on a laptop, or whatever, yes, it works well. It's just weird using and it'd be the same if you were trying to use your 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 desktop mac interface on your ipad do you know what i mean well that's true yes mm. yeah yeah and, and that's why macintosh have got ios for for all of their tablet devices and then they've got mac os for for their for the laptops windows haven't quite done that um 
Anyway, sorry, sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking out loud and I'm interrupting your, your train of thought. No, no, I, I think that's, I think your <laughs> thoughts are perfectly valid on that. Just, I, I'm wondering why, why the hold up on the Surface Neo? I, I don't think, mm. uh, I'm not sure the argument about, you know, um, getting the shops open quite hits the nail on the head just yet. I think mm, if we look at nah. products that have been held up in the past, the last big product mm. that I remember was held up in the past was Apple's Air Power, and it ended up never coming to market at all because they just couldn't get it to work. Is the problem with Surface Neo that they just can't get it to work well enough to get it beyond that sort of, you know, big reveal stage to get it to market? Right. Okay, well, maybe uh, let's not conspiracy theory that and just uh, we'll keep an eye on it. We'll pin that to the notice board and watch it carefully. Yeah, (laughs) good stuff. Good stuff. All right. uh, Listen, uh, I want to get on to the MacBook Pro, but first, uh, let's quickly have a run through all of the financial results that have been coming out over the last uh, couple of days and weeks. Yeah, results season uh, is with us. And really, I just want to look at two for the moment, uh, Intel and AMD, the two big chip makers. And the short version is they're both doing incredibly well at the moment. Uh, Now, this was Q1 results uh, for AMD, uh, for Intel, it was their second quarter results. Um, But um, if you're an AMD shareholder and and you know, uh, uh, an Intel shareholder, uh, mm. for that matter as well, you're probably going to be very happy. Uh, AMD had 162 million in net income during the first quarter alone. Um, that's 10 times what it recorded at the same time last year. So, you know, very, very happy campers there. Um, Intel for, for their, uh, for their troubles have done extremely well too. Um, they booked 5.7 billion up 42% year on year. Um, and now, of course, the COVID bump is yet to really kick in. Uh, so we don't know which way the PC market is going to go, uh, for the, for the rest of the year. But, you know, the core of the business is the data centers and that's, that's where the money is. On the subscription side of things, money's always in the subscription side of things. <laughs> well, that's they say. Well, what I mean, subscriptions won't really matter for chip makers, but yeah, it's just a constant upgrading in the data centers. Mm. I think is, is the problem. What do you reckon is going to happen with all of these big tech companies now going into quarter three? Because all of those those quarter two results now, I'm taking it that they are on the on each individual company's financial year and obviously not on a calendar year yeah exactly yeah yeah they, they uh, uh yeah i think they how do, how, do, how do you think their quarter three is gonna look uh not good uh is the short for well <sighs> depends the extent to which these companies consider themselves global companies uh for example <laughs> apple might consider themselves predominantly american i know that's mm-hmm. maybe not apple let's let's just take companies a b and c and their particular benchmarks um, company A considers them, themselves attached to a particular country. If the results in that country are poor, um, that's not a good look for them, despite yeah. the fact that their returns overseas might be quite good. Um, similarly, if you have a company that considers themselves global, um, they might look at things territory by territory and go, do you know what? Yeah, okay. The US wasn't a, wasn't a great year for us, but China was. Hey, that's still a big win for us. I, I don't know. Uh, that and the COVID restrictions are being lifted so piecemeal around the world that you can't go, oh, grand, everything is is back up in Mm. China. The world has started again. You you can't do it. So it's it's going to be just, it's it's going to be choppy for the rest of the year. Some Mm, markets will bounce back faster than others. 
Well, we'll see. We'll uh, see what happens then. Um, listen, just before we move on, a quick uh, favor of uh, to ask of you listening to our podcast today. If you're enjoying the show, we would really appreciate if you could rate and review it on iTunes or Google or wherever it is that you get your podcast. You can usually do it directly in the app. It only takes a minute and it costs nothing, but it means a huge amount to us in the background. So if you're able to rate and review two big thumbs up uh, and give us two big thumbs up give us five stars what do you reckon now can we go higher than five stars can we go five thumbs can, can we invent <laughs> our own rating system <laughs> no seriously though rating and reviewing if you can uh, we'd really appreciate that let's talk mm. about uh, the toy of the week which is the macbook pro because we're both in the market for uh, uh, for new laptops uh, okay. what, uh, tell me everything Okay, right. Well, we we all know the long and storied history of my my attempts to buy a laptop over the last few years, <laughs> uh, with, with terrible results on my end. I have to say, uh, I, it's always been you know a case of prevaricating, just waiting for the right computer to come along that that would sort of tick all my proverbial boxes. Because my favorite computer that I ever owned was a two thousand and three MacBook Pro. That was my favorite computer. It was 13.3 inch screen. It had a lovely keyboard, didn't weigh very much and had a wonderful OS attached to it. I think it was OS 10 Tiger, I think was what it came Mm. with. Okay. Fantastic little machine. It was great. Uh, My least favorite computer that I ever bought was my 2007 15 inch MacBook Pro. Now, why is that? Is it because it was that little bit bigger and heavier? No, uh, I had no problem with the screen size. That's exactly what I wanted out of that machine. Uh, mm-hmm. I wanted a bigger screen because because the nature of the work I was doing at the time. Um, but I found the build quality to be poor in comparison to what I had before. And the keyboard was really unpleasant to use. Really I have unpleasant. heard that from, a, yeah, well, I've heard that from a lot of people. And it like it just it was plasticky and it just felt cheap. And, you know, in comparison to the lovely aluminium body of my old Mac, uh, I mean, Mm. it needed upgrading like it's it's time had legitimately come. It was time to get a new computer, I think. Um, But this was just a, a poor follow up. Now, uh, if I'm not mistaken, it was a 2003 MacBook uh, that you had firstly. Yeah? Mm. And then your second one was was a 2015 2007. Uh, 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 2007? Yeah. All right. Okay. And that 2007 one has lasted you up, up until when? No, it lasted me until 2000. Oh dear. 15, 16. And I've been, oh, you wow. know, okay. And I've been a nomad ever since. I've been wandering okay. through, you know, various, <laughs> various work laptops and settling for the moment on a, a first generation Surface Pro tablet. <laughs> It's you know it's the, which, I, the which old, I rarely uh, I rarely hear you expressing love for. <laughs> no, it's, it's, the, it's the ultimate uh, interstitial machine. You know, it it does oh. everything, but it you know. Okay, so you've had good experience and you've had bad experience with uh, MacBook Pros. Now Apple has got a new 13-inch MacBook Pro out. Um, tell me about it and what your thoughts on it are. Yeah, here's here's the interesting thing. I went on to, uh, I mean, you you know the the Apple website, so uh, they do a very simple comparison tool on it. And uh, last year, I was very impressed with the 16 inch MacBook Pro when it came out. I was kind of like, ooh, 
I had a 15 inch, I'd really like to have a 16 inch screen because the, mm. the form factor overall hasn't really changed. They've just knocked, uh, knocked some space off the bezel, uh, which would be fantastic. But the pro 16 inch starts at 2,799 euro. That's All right. so his, his, so, so, so his and hers automatically. Uh, well, hers, uh, <laughs> hours, hours and nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And maybe a top up on the mortgage. So they're expensive. That, well, that was the one that I was looking at. And I consider that far and above out of my reach. Um, and, and really, you know, need case. If it, okay. However, the 13 inch starts at 1529. Um, yeah. Ooh. No, I'm not sorry. It's, it's, it's not, but well, partly that's still expensive. Expensive for a laptop, but man, that's nearly half the price of the 16 inch one. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, I can just tell your interest rate, your level of interest has just gone straight up. Um, <laughs> ding, ding. So, uh, 13.3 inch screen, uh, quad core, uh, core i7 processor, up to 32 gigs of memory, up to four uh, terabytes storage. Tops out at 10 hours battery life, uh, a touch bar and touch ID. Uh, and also mm-hmm. they've brought back a physical escape key. The escape thing doesn't live on the touch bar anymore. And the fingerprint mm-hmm. sensor is a separate physical one. It doesn't lo- live up on the touch bar anymore either. So mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this is really interesting. Um, and uh, guess what they've done? Guess what they've done? The, the best thing they could have done from a user experience perspective and probably the one thing that was holding me back from taking the plunge on a MacBook Pro in the last few years. Uh, free MacBook for everyone in the audience. Well, other than that. <laughs> free, free, free MacBook for all the presenters of tech podcasts. <laughs> there, well, there you go. Yeah. Go no, on, what, say, what have they done? What have they done? If you've gone into a, a Mac showroom over the last few years and you've tried the keyboard, on a any Mac Pro uh, or even ah. the original MacBook when it came out, uh, and then I think the um, butterfly switches moved over to all the Mac keyboards at one stage, all the all the MacBook laptops at one stage. Um, mm-hmm. However, it is now completely gone. The uh, MacBook Pro 13 inch was the last in the uh, in the entire Apple MacBook line to still have it, uh, and now it is gone. So. Um, for the uninitiated, Dusty, what exactly was wrong with the keyboard? I don't know. Oh, you know. You've tr- you've tried. You've gone into a shop and you've done a little tippity tap on Mac uh, on Macs from time to time. I always do that, but they're all they're yeah. all different. Like you know, and I use a Mac keyboard uh, every single day, and I find it very flat. And after a while, it can be very hard on my uh, on my fingertips. But then when I go with uh, the, the one of the companies I work for, when I go into them, they've got old. Dell keyboards from like 2010 and and they just look look like a monster keyboard it's mm. it's like um it's like uh, uh how some people would have viewed a, a manual typewriter back in the day <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah do that kind of way like you know um, okay. but yeah it's it's all down to the feel and that's exactly what i do when i'm in uh you know curries or whatever i'll get over to the laptops and i will literally be hands-on to see what that keyboard feels like 
Yeah. Well, what has been happening since 2015 was that Apple introduced what they called their, uh, oh goodness. Yeah. The butterfly mechanism, uh, on their keyboards. And basically the idea was you had a very shallow, uh, press to allow you to type faster, which would be great news for someone like you, who's a touch typist. Uh, mm-hmm. however, the problem with the mechanism was that it had a habit of locking, uh, and if any dust or debris or anything got in under the key, under the keys it rendered it completely useless so mm. apple for a while denied that this was a problem then over the last few years they had a, a returns and and uh fixing policy where they would you know go, you would bring in your affected macbook and go look i've tried typing and it's holding down letters uh it's completely unusable to me uh and sometimes it's not accepting input at all uh, and Apple would say, okay, we'll fix it to you. We'll give it back. When I, I think most people, just given the way the nature of Macs and their, their sealed in uh, way and how difficult it can be to uh, fix them, I think people would mm. just be happier with a, with a new machine, really, because God knows the condition you might get it back in from, from, oh, uh, from the shop. But all, oh, yeah, but you've got all your data and then moving the data and it's all set up that's, exactly the way you want it. And just, <laughs> ah, come on. You, you've, you've done a hard drive transfer. You know that that's not a big oh, deal. Listen, I thought, I've done more times than I care to remember, and every single time it's like, oh no. Even now, uh, where I'm, I'm old enough, bold enough to know that you have a separate hard drive for your data, and then one for the for the operating system. It's still a pain. Mm, anyway, yeah. I so, apologize. Uh, anyway, yeah, the the um, keyboard to return to it, and the mechanism that was introduced on the original MacBook, which is no longer with us, it got phased out. So now we have the MacBook Air and the MacBook Pro, um, a much much more simplified line, and it makes much more sense to do it that way. So mm. the mechanism underneath each key. Uh, was based on what they call a butterfly mechanism. Now, for all the keyboards that yourself and myself use, they're underneath each key and sort of the depressor is um, uh, a little, um, oh, two overlapping strips of plastic that basically ensure mm-hmm. that the key pops back up normally. Okay. Um, what Apple did with their butterfly mechanism was they replaced two overlapping uh, pieces of plastic with four that emerge from each corner of the key. So there wasn't actually any overlap in the central point, which meant that if something went wrong with any of the corners, you were kind of stuffed because that's where that's where each one was meant to meant to work. So you were meant to have a more shallow press so you could type faster. However, the keys were less reliable and louder. So and and you know, for a company that prides itself on making good things, this was disastrous. You know, so for five years Apple had been putting out uh laptops where everyone was going, Yeah, keep away from the keyboard. <laughs> Don't use mm. the keyboard, it's terrible. Uh and now they they finally gotten gotten past that by replacing uh the previous keyboard with what they're now calling the magic keyboard, which uses guess what kind of mechanism? <laughs> We're back to the old two uh Back to the old scissors mechanism that every other yeah. laptop uses. It's ridiculous. Of course, they had they had to brand it something new just to just to keep up with things. But uh, yep. So anywho, new MacBook Pro has come out, and I had a look, and of course, discounting the 16-inch uh, screen, the 16-inch version, mm-hmm. which is lovely but far too expensive unless you're working in a creative industry. Yeah. Um, I was looking at it in comparison to the MacBook Air, and for the base model, right, 1229 for the MacBook Air, 
Base model for the MacBook Pro is 1529. I think that's quite a reasonable distance. Um, you know, it's, it's enough to go, okay, this machine is a step up, but you know, it's, it's not going to, it's not prohibitive. You know, if you, no. if you wanted to, um, try and you're getting, you're getting some- a, m- you're getting a much better screen. You're getting a much better uh, body, I think. Um, though, mind you, I, I have to say the MacBook Pros are almost as, as slim as the MacBook Airs anyway. Uh, they're getting there. They're getting there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I, I'm, yeah. And I had a look at the spec'd up MacBook Air that personally I would like to buy. And there was very little between it and the entry-level MacBook Pro. So I think if there was a choice between specking up a MacBook Air or just going for a MacBook Pro, I would recommend going for the 13-inch MacBook Pro because you're getting yeah, well, a better processor, uh, better screen, slightly less in the way of battery life. Um, I mm. guess that's to be expected given the the sort of the, the workload that the, uh, the Pro is expected to take on. Um, but I think, yeah, it's, it's a good buy. And I think it's hilarious that for all the interesting stuff that's going on under the hood, people are the most excited about the keyboard. <laughs> now, you had mentioned something to me uh, very briefly about 850 quid. Yes. Yeah. So I, I went and I was doing a little bit of research ahead of time and I was like, okay, 1529. I think that's quite affordable for uh, a Mac uh, laptop. It's kind of the price point mm. that I, I've always been used to playing around with, you know, that sort of yeah. 1500 to 2000 euro price point. And then I thought, you know, because the laptop that we have in the house at the moment, we actually picked up for less than 900 euro. And not only does it tick all our boxes, it does so very well. So I was like, okay, so for 1529 euro on the the open market, the non-Apple market, if you will, what will that actually get you? Uh, The answer is an awful lot. Uh, If you're not into... um, Buying an uh, buying an Apple computer, um, you could get a very handsomely specced uh, either high performance computer uh, or mm-hmm. uh, even a gaming uh, laptop. So personally, if you're looking brand on brand, I would re- recommend comparing the MacBook you're looking at with um, something in the HP Envy line, which is their sort of their, you know, uh, their balancing sort of design with function with with the Envy. So they've they've taken the leaf out of the Apple book of yeah, it's it's got to it's got to work really well, but it's got to look good too. So I think they picked up something, uh, picked up a trick from Apple there, which is uh, very interesting. Um, Okay. Gaming laptops across the board, the ones from Lenovo, from from HP, um, I find them to be quite garish, uh, and I wouldn't be a huge fan of them. Um, so I, I probably say MSI, excellent, excellent machines in terms of spec, but just from an aesthetic perspective, uh, I wouldn't be terribly interested in them. But if you've got fifteen hundred euro to spare, um, definitely consider them. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so I was, if you want to get something that specs wise is comparable to uh, a MacBook Air or the new MacBook Pro, you can get something for under a thousand euro. You can, you can. Uh, that is very good. <clears throat> if you're going down the laptop, the PC laptop and the things and you're going in around a thousand euro mark, yes, you can get something really good for that. Um, and I, I've always said I love Mac uh, hardware. And I think it's really well made, but it is overpriced. And I think it's funny where kind of you're used to that kind of little 1500 for MacBook Pro. And it's like, okay, it'll do everything I need to do. But then you start looking at the PC end of things and you're kind of going, 
oh, I could save three, four, maybe 500 quid. It's, it's mm. interesting. <laughs> Although when I when I was shopping, one of the best uh, pieces of advice I picked up on on the web, and th- this is certainly true, if you like something, pick it up and give it a little <laughs> bit of a bend. See how it feels in the hand. See 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 what the what the build quality, what the give is like on it. Because I discounted so many laptops when I went shopping just on the basis of that little that little trick for the love of god when the shops reopen and you're sitting there in curries or whatever bending laptops and tablets and stuff like that and they throw you out don't say but Donald kitson on tech radio said so just <laughs> just just a little bit of a just a little bit of a, a tiny a gentle bend a gentle bend just to see just to see how you know around the mice around the mouse pad around the touchpad how it, I know, uh, how it reacts I'm sure I you know do exactly it too. What you mean. Of course I do. Yeah, yes, absolutely. <laughs> grand, grand. Listen, uh, let's let's wrap it up at that for uh, for this week uh, because I'm, I want to follow your story uh, when we get out of lockdown and see if you actually do make a purchase. But that's uh, that's for another week. Uh, that is it for uh, this week. Do remember you can get the lowdown on all things tech in Ireland with uh, updates and daily newsletters and more at our website techessential.ie. And of course, you can listen to us each week online or Fridays on DAB Digital Radio with RTE Radio 1 Extra. Until next time, for myself, Dusty Rhodes, and from Nile Kitson, as always, thank you so much for listening, and have a great weekend. Get Tech Radio. Subscribe for free with iTunes, or download on demand at techcentral.ie. Tech Radio is produced by digitalaudioproductions.com. Tech Central.